Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of CJ and the Duke. As always, I am your host, Robert the Duke Fedoric. And I am Corey, CJ Wesley. This episode is brought to you by me and my upcoming course, Hired, the definitive guide to profiles that win ServiceNow jobs. This is a video course. It's currently in production and should release somewhere in Q4 2021. If you want to increase your resume, LinkedIn, and interviewing game, get on the mailing list at http theduke.digital. All right, Corey, what are we talking about today? Today, we're going to talk about hidden gems and other little known areas of service now that you should absolutely know more about. And the whole, I wish I knew that thing, right? Yeah. And I wish I knew that. that too. Yeah, we're going to do that. (laughs) (laughs) I wish I knew that we were doing, I wish I knew that thing. (laughs) No, but seriously. So Corey and I have been, go, go ahead. Yeah, so it's funny. One of the things that came to mind when uh, we were talking about this Duke is uh, a LinkedIn post that someone made a couple weeks ago um, about. And God, I can't even remember the specifics right now. But I made a comment on it saying, "You know what? I wish I knew that. That would have been so helpful to me a long time ago." So I think it's a great idea to do an episode like this. So it's going to cover a lot of ground. Some of this stuff will be obvious, like stuff that's that's way out in the limelight and everybody knows about, but maybe not everybody adopts. And it'll also cover stuff that just small little features that have been there forever, but not many people use them. Not many people know about them and everywhere in between. So we're winging it this episode. We're tired of talking about it. We're just going to do it. (laughs) And just before we jump right into it, I just want to give a shout out to, uh, to make uh, Scato. And I hope I didn't get your name wrong there, but it's M-A-I-K-S-K-O-D-O-W. And uh, you made a post uh, a couple of weeks ago about um, how you can sort um, groups in the list view um, by either, um, by either um, the count or count descending. And man, that's just life changing, being able to kind of group a bunch of items together and then have them sorted in the order of, um, of, of frequency. Um, yeah, the order of the aggregate, not the yeah. order of the alphabetical of their names, right? Yes, exactly. Right? Is that via URL it, stuff? It, yes, via the URL is uh, SysParms. Yep. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I remember. I think I think somebody told me back in 1912. <laughs> <laughs> but I've forgotten it. I'm just like, and then you say it now, and it's 2021, and I'm like, oh, yeah, shoot. Right? <laughs> like, and it's so like, cool. I knew it. But I haven't used it. <laughs> <laughs> and and man, that would have saved that would have saved my butt on a couple projects, right? From writing some complex glide record queries in order to get that same information. Like I could have literally right clicked a couple times and added a couple sysparms to a URL and boom, here we are. Man, can I just plug Vivid Charts for one second? Go for it, man. Because <laughs> I love the fact that you can do that kind of list manipulation in service now, but it's it's not accessible to the point that people like you and I, big pat on our back. Oh, yeah. nice. But <laughs> people like you and I can either not know about it or know about it, but not leverage it because it's just, it's that far out of the way. Right. Yeah. And yeah. that's what I love about, like, there's lots of cool stuff in vivid charts, but just the way we do list views is just game changing. And it's list views. It's not like it's AI solve all your problems kind of stuff, but it's just the amount of extra features that they plug in that are super accessible to just general admins. Right. Yep. Or process owners, not even ServiceNow people, is breathtaking. Dude, that's a good enough reason, in my opinion, because I am such a fan of the list view. There's so much power and flexibility in the list view. And then for anything that's taking that and bringing it out and making it more accessible to the masses, I think it's just a great thing. So, yeah, plus plus for Vivid Charts on that one. Well, it's like it's maturity level one, right? Like make yeah. the work visible. How many years does ServiceNow go? Do you know how many billions of dollars are stuck in email? Yeah. Right. All it wants is a list view. That's all it wants. 
that's all I need. Oh my God. Like that is my freaking holy grail, dude. You have no idea. I manage several email accounts and several calendars and all that kind of stuff, right? And just being able to get all of that stuff in aggregate in the list view where I can go down the list, assign a, a priority. Like, wouldn't you, I would kill to be able to assign a priority to a email, regardless of which account it came into, uh-huh. right? And and be able to, you know, put a flag on this. Okay, this, I don't need to actually action today. I need to action it by the end of day Friday. Mm. Put a flag on that, right? And have it pop back up, you know, on Thursday. And I know you, Gmail has some of this functionalities in that one mailbox though. Yeah. Right? It doesn't have it spanning my five mailboxes. And I feel like we're, we're a little off topic here, but like, I feel like ServiceNow is a one step away from ha- being able to source that kind of insight, right? And be able to provide that kind of, like, like I feel like right now with the list views, like how many billions of dollars of productivity are being, are stuck behind the list view? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and speaking of list view, there's still all kinds of stuff there. Like it feels to me like once a quarter, I teach somebody about, um, I don't even know its name. <laughs> I don't even know its name. I just know it's there and I click it all the time. But it's the thing where you, like, if you have a column, that's a number, uh-huh. you, you can, you can basically sum them, average them, min them, yes. max them by, by, via right click. It's like, Oh, yes. well, let's view, like, here's a column for dollars. And let me just put the sum at the bottom. Yeah. And I don't know people that. are like, Oh, I gotta go make a report. No, you don't. You can do it from the list view. Yeah. You do it right there. I don't know. I don't know his name either. I use it all the time. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm logging into my list view while we're laughing here, trying to get biased sometimes. <laughs> but dude, like I use it all the time, right? So I'm a consultant, right? That means I have clients, and mm-hmm. I've got clients, and that means I sign statements of work, and you know, I've you know, the client has a, the the statement of work has a value to it, right? It has a starting to end date. And I put all this stuff in service now, so I can track it easily, right? Um, so it allows me to see like what I have going on at any given point in time the cumulative value of that for the day, the week, the month, the year, all that kind of stuff that you want, that you need to know when you're running a business. Right. Mm-hmm. So I use that whole summation feature all the time in list view. Okay. So this, so, you know, in the month of May, I had three clients and I did X amount of hours and this is how it looked and blah, blah, blah. And, and you know what I mean? And, and the only thing I'm missing from that is the ability to right click invoice. <laughs> yeah. Do, uh, it's called list calculations. Configure list calcula- Configure list calculations. Okay. Okay. I, another thing on list view that a lot of people don't know about is the fact that you can. God, we're gonna make a whole episode about list view, aren't we? Let's do it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we can't. We can't. There's too much other good stuff. But the um, launch interactive analysis. Oh yeah, yeah. So I just learned about that today from you. <laughs> we so do I'm going to let you explain that one. But what I, I just want to say before before I hand it off to you, when I actually clicked that button, it was mind-blowing what happened. Yeah, so launch interactive analysis is kind of a way to like generate a dashboard on the fly. And I don't know how it works. It's just go to any list view, right? Incident, change, whatever, and right-click on the headers and launch an interactive analysis. And it just puts a bunch of stuff on there. And instead of you building like your own, let's call it a prototype dashboard, it basically builds this all out for you. And it's got filters and grouping buys and stacking buys and aggregations. And yeah, it's awesome. It's not like solve your problem right away awesome, but it's like if you're just staring at a list of stuff, tasks that you might not know anything about right oh what's this table who added this you know xyz task what the heck are those and you just like launch an interactive analysis and see what's going on there it's a really like i imagine if i ever do like 
consulting again and I just yep. go to a new client, I'd probably be doing this launch interactive analysis on every task table just to give you like a bird's eye view of what's happening when you don't even know what you want. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's what I took away from it is that, you know, I don't know what I want. I don't know really what's here. Let me just click on this thing and see what it surfaces for me, right? Like it can give me a direction to go in. And and so when I did that, and I've got largely, I was in my dev instance, so it's just a bunch of demo data, right? But, you know, so I, I j jump into it and it's like, wow, okay, this, I can see some insights popping out, right? Like just from a right click on the list view, right? Like yeah. I didn't do anything. I didn't create any dashboards, any reports, I didn't do any filtering. And, and then did it all for me. Like it put together, you know, a pivot table, a, a bar chart, it threw a list aggregation at the bottom. Yeah. And, and then it actually threw like three ways to actually, um, to chop and skew the data at the top, right? Like a couple of different group buys yeah. and stack buys and aggregations. And like, it's like, whoa. If you ever what? listen to my reporting stuff, I talk about insight mines, which is the most primitive and labor intensive form of reporting. Right. Where you basically got to chop it up, split it up, filter, blah, 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 to try and find the insights. But at least you don't have to build the dashboard to do it now. You just go to that list view, launch interactive analysis and filters, grouping, stackings, aggregations, all within easy click. It's easy to understand. You, you know what this reminds me of? This is like if you had like a junior admin working right next to you. Right. Mm -hmm. And you're like, okay, I got this table and I, I need, to, I know I need to mine some insights out of it. Right. Like I need to get something out of it, but I don't necessarily want to go through all of that clicking and chopping and screwing and creating uh, dashboards and gad widgets and, and all that gauges and all that kind of stuff here, uh, junior guy, go and, 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 and report, report a ties, mm -hmm. right. This whole table report and then send ties. it back to me. <laughs> <laughs> Right. right. But that's what it does. Right. Like it reportatizes the table for you. And so now you get to look at it and apply your your unique expertise to the data to figure out where to go next. Hit him with the next one, Corey. Yeah, no doubt. So from there, we're going to talk about um, let's let's talk about major incident management. I think that's a good one. When I think about it, Duke, I've had clients, a, a number of clients, too. Right. Who always come to me with a workflow and say, hey, so we have this thing we do an in incident where we manage P1s and we have communications template. We've got subtasks that get assigned. We're tracking the outages. We're adding in child tasks. I was like, you know, you're building major incident management service now yeah. has a module for that. And they're like, no, 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 this isn't major incident management. It's just really just, you know, it's, a, it's our P1 process. I'm like, yeah, but if you have me build that, then ServiceNow is going to slap your hand because you're on, you signed the contract, not me. And, <laughs> yeah. and, and they're going to tell you that they got a module for that and you owe them now, you know, based on when we started building this thing. You know, all when it went live, you owe them some money, and they're. Well, I don't even think I don't even think it's extra. I think if you if you have the ITIL licenses, it's just there. Is it? I think so. Yeah, I don't think it's extra. And okay. the other thing too is like it's it's good. It's amazing. Like, yeah, the interface <laughs> makes it way easier from the management side. Now we can talk about presenting your customers or your stakeholders with major incident management, but that would just turn into a vivid chart sales deck right away. <laughs> but <laughs> the interface is good it's good and there's no reason why you shouldn't be use it because basically like it's that whole like build or buy right and it's just like you don't even have to buy this why on earth are you going to stop people what they're doing and have them build something else service now is going to make improvements to this gradually like let them do it dude i am all <laughs> about letting them do the work right yeah. like let them do the work let them maintain it you just kind of like it, it comes back to that customization versus uh configuration mm -hmm. argument that we always have right and it's like, should we be building something or should we be taking what's there? Like in any case that you can take something that's already existing in the platform, take it, configure it, 
make it align as closely as possible to your existing uh, process, right? But don't try not to build something new if something that's close already exists. Yes, something is close. It's, it's 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 very close. It's so good. I think the only thing I would do to it is maybe add more mobile functionality. Like I think in the one time I actually had to build onto it is because it's a hospital system and the people that need to be notified of this aren't at computers. They're like walking around with their phones and page pagers in 2019. Pagers, yeah. uh. Anyways, sorry, I didn't mean to take, cause it is an awesome tool. What's your favorite thing about it? So my favorite thing about it are the communication templates, right? And this harkens back to my time uh, yeah. running an ops desk, right? And one of the things that was extremely um, sensitive to us and extremely um, locked down was the ability to communicate with the entire firm as a whole. Right. Mm -hmm. And from an IT perspective, we typically only did that in rare occasions, one of those being when something was down. And so there were checks and balances that we had in place in terms of determining how much of the firm's user population did this actually impact. And, and then once we started, once we decided we actually need to make the communication, then the verbiage had to get signed off by, you know, someone my level or higher. And so that meant that if I was at lunch, a communication couldn't get sent out until I made it back. Right. Now, if we'd have just come together and if we were using major incident management, we could have had those templates already created, right? With verbiage that's already templated out so we can just insert the pertinent details in there, know that it, it is signed off and it's worked, it's proofread, there's no typos, all that kind of crap because it's all system generated and just send it out and in the course of the, of the outage progression. So that, that one, yeah. that's probably hey, my favorite one. Listen, people sleep on comms too, but they make a huge difference. So I work for this big multi-billion dollar advertising company. Well, really a company that owned multi-billion dollar advertising companies. <laughs> and whenever there was an outage, we basically had a person on our team and right. he was a technologist, but he's kind of like the graphic design communications type of technologist. Okay. And it would be like, nobody talks to the cu customer, but Alan. You know, <laughs> don't, nobody send anybody shit. Okay? <laughs> Alan sends the comms. Right. I think it was past my time after I left them, but I think in service now, they actually built him a comms management. Oh, nice. You know what I mean? Like what, yeah. what is the, what's the message? Who's going to send it? Like, is this one approved? Like right. go and send it. And now we have a good version of that in major incident management where you can say every outage of this type gets this type of calm that goes to these people and is already structured for you. So you're not putzing around crafting an email and forgetting to CC the right people or, you know what I mean? All that, yeah. all that human labor stuff that gets mistakes all the time because, you know, the world's burning down. <laughs> Dude, like absolutely. And, and you said that for, for getting the CC, the right people, like that yeah. is the worst thing because now you have to send that um, communications out again to a whole yeah. separate amount, a separate group of people. Now imagine that one group of people is now at, there. You have people out of that first group replying to your message, trying to get more information. You've got people in that second group now also replying, trying to get more information. And you, now you've got two streams of, of communication yep. going. And everybody's doing reply all and because yes. nobody BCC'd, they just CC'd. <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, exactly. And now you've like, now you've, now you've created oh. an email storm. And then somebody puts on, somebody put, puts on CC, your company at servicenow.com. So like all the comms are getting turned into incidents. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good times. Good yeah, times. man. Good times. <laughs> all right. My next one is uh, universal request and universal task. So listen, on day one, when I finally got ServiceNow, I was like, this is going to change the world. 
I can't believe what a gold mine this is going to be. And on day two, I was like, how come everything has to start as an incident? <laughs> yes. You know what I mean? We had this, yes. we did, took all the effort to make a catalog with a bunch of stuff in it. And then it's like, when somebody calls a service desk, what's the first form they open? Incident. Yeah. So my claim to fame is my account is the one that required ServiceNow to build the new call app. Nice. But way back when. But it still wasn't like it was good, but it, it was a workaround, right? And yeah. so let's just review the problem. The problem is you will be entering data before you know what the thing is. Yes, absolutely. Some, like whoever yeah. whoever you are, whether you're on the service desk or some other part of IT or in HR or whatever, like you could have a flow for something that exists but isn't getting properly triggered. Go back to our catalyst episode. You'd had the wrong catalyst. And so now it's an incident instead of an HR onboarding request or all this stuff. And I find, especially on the service desk, they do stuff like, oh, we'll create an incident that's actually a request. And then we'll make a generic request out of it or whatever. And people just really fumble with this at scale. Like, how do we, how do we properly initiate the right type of thing? And I think, crossing my fingers, I think universal request is meant to scratch that itch. It's been out since Quebec, I think. And they keep improving it, but it's just one of those things. I wish I knew more about this. <laughs> yeah, I no, really same. wish somebody like broke it down and and said like, I wish they just had like one of those awesome videos like Dana Haynes and the multimedia team make the ones they did for ITBM were exquisite. I wish they'd do the same thing for Universal Request because I think it's going to scratch an itch that has been there since since Gilgamesh traded pelts for beer in the markets of a rook. Like it's <laughs> everybody deals with this. <laughs> You're absolutely spot on, right? Like, so everywhere that I've worked, especially in, in a situation where I've had um, interaction with like the support desk, right, is always that tension between is this an incident or a request and knowing when is it an incident or request, right? And being able to capture the information as quickly and as efficiently as possible, maybe even before deciding that. But yeah. the default thing is always incident. Let's get the incident form. Let's put the caller's name in. Let's get a yeah. brief you know, description of what the hell they're talking about and then save that just so we have a record. Right. And then we can go from it. And then, you know, when they hang up, we figure out, oh, this is a request. They actually want a new computer. And this is in a situation where the current computer is broken. Now let's cancel this incident or let's convert yeah. it to a request and then cancel the incident. And you know what I mean? And it's just all the drama of sending the customer like, oh, you entered incident one, two, three, that's your number. And now it's like, oh, ignore that. It's request one, two, three, but it's got a request item underneath that. So it's R-I-T-M, one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> right. <laughs> all that crap. Just get rid of all of it. From the customer's perspective, it's got, hey, listen too, I got to say, I think a lot of people will be like, nah, I mean, we've been working okay for the past 10 years. How big a problem is this? I'll tell you what, folks, the idea of an IT service desk is going the way of the dodo. The future is going to be like amalgamated service desks. They're going to take HR and IT and put them into one service desk. They're going to take they're going to take all the front line of questions that come to process areas. That's going to be the service desk. Oh man, somebody's been reading their IT books. I, <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I haven't. Maybe. I, oh, but I, I I've been on a couple places where this was happening. They were folding other disciplines into the IT and it was just going to be one giant cross-trained flow desk, essentially. Yeah. And that will not suffice to have just incident as the front door to everything. There's got to be a new front door. And I think, I think, again, I, just, I wish I knew more about this, that universal request 
plus some kind of workspace is going to smash this problem to bits for everybody. And I hope and pray it's true. No, man, I, I 100% agree with you. I remember before I left my last enterprise job, right? Like this is one of the things we were talking about, that universal support desk, how we can just be the front desk for everybody, right? Facilities, HR, it doesn't mm-hmm. matter. If you got a problem, call us. We'll figure out how to get it to the right people. That was going to be one of the things that um, we, we wanted to build out and kind of take over. It just made sense, right? Just give the people one number, right? Mm-hmm. And we can figure it out. But yeah, I, I, I do. I think I think what you said is going to be the future. And, and you know, I think this universal request module is one of the things that would go there. Hey, um, listen, if you know a ton about universal service requests, please reach out to us. We would love to have you on the show and talk about it for real. Yeah, absolutely. If you've if you've implemented this for a customer or if you're a customer that has had this implemented for you, mm-hmm. we want to know. We want to talk to you. Let's get you on the show. All right, hit him with the next one, Corey. My next one, Duke, is going to be email digest. Mm, love them. And so email digest is both one of those things that I think is a, a hidden gem and also one of those things that I wish I knew more about. And also one of those things where I have a few ideas on how they can improve it. Yeah. <laughs> right. So from the um, beginning of it, email digest is a wonderful, wonderful thing. Nobody has ever said, I don't have enough emails, right? That census structure has never been created, mm. right? Everyone always complains about having too many uh, emails, especially automated emails from systems. Like nobody wants to get that new email that says this was updated or somebody such and such added this or blah, blah, blah. Right. Nobody really cares. Ultimately, they have an email so that they can track something and they want to know like when it was open, when something materially happened to it and when it was closed. Mm -hmm. Right. So the email digest allows you to take and condense all of those intermediate communication steps that happened on the record, condense them all into just like one email that comes out at the end of the day. Or the beginning of the day or whenever you specify it should come out, right? Maybe mm-hmm. it comes out once every four hours or something. So you get a summation on all the things that might have happened in between there. Whatever the case, right? Like it takes what could be, you know, dozens of emails or a dozen emails and condenses it down to maybe one or two so that you stay abreast of it. But your inbox isn't getting flooded. And from my perspective, like that is a completely and totally underutilized function because everywhere I go when I'm building out a process, I hear two things. We need to make sure that we're sending emails. We need to make sure we're not sending too many emails, <laughs> right? So it's like, it's this tension between the two that I think Email Digest solves like really, really well. I have an, a different experience, but the same conclusion, right? And I don't think people think enough about what kind of emails they send. I think if Intermediate ServiceNow implementer was put on a customer that had some unique task type, I think they would just assume the person needs to be notified on create, update, and close. And they would just, without even diving deep on that, set that paradigm up. Ha. Ha ha. Is is that what you assume? (laughs) <laughs> oh, I don't know why oh, it's so funny, but it is. <laughs> man, like, uh, like, assume nothing, dude. Like, seriously. <laughs> like, You're I, totally I, right. Email digests—they're awesome. I think. Yeah. Well, I think there's just like there's other stuff available to you as well. Like, we have at Vivid Charts, we have customers that 
you know, they use our project status reports. And we had one customer who's like, they're not going to go to the instance to look at the status reports. We have to tell them that a new one exists. So basically we set up a scheduled job every Friday. It would parse the stakeholders table, normalize it, and then it would send each stakeholder one email with all the projects that they were stakeholders on and hyperlinks to the Vividchart status report. And it's not a digest, but it's just a different way of thinking about email to be like, yes. uh, like what is the information you will want at the beginning or end of the week? Send you links to that information. This is what I mean when I say there's ways to improve it. What digest does is it looks at one record and does the digest on one record. I don't want to digest on one record. I want to digest on all my records. I want that normalization. Oh, it doesn't yeah. do it for... No. Oh, no, man. No, I don't tell me that. Oh. <laughs> or at least, I, at least I don't think it does from my understanding on it. But this is one of those things I need to know more about. But from my understanding, it does not. And let me tell you, right, I need normalization across all of my emails. I want you to essentially create that email, leave it stuck in the outgoing email um, table, right? And then scrape it. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Scrape it and give me, you know, a, a, a condensed version of whatever per record in yeah. one email. It's kind That's of the, uh, like an emailed version of a dashboard without the visuals. Yes. Right. It's that just, exactly. And it can give you all kinds of information with like, you know, listen, like you haven't updated these in like five days. What's going on kind of thing. But yep. you know what I mean? You can almost make whole reports out of it that are just hyperlinks to the stuff. That are just hyperlinks to the stuff. And, and maybe some for you to go to the dashboard. Yep. With a little but, bit of context, like these items have not been updated in the last whatever threshold you set. You know, these update, these yeah, items yeah. have been closed since the last time we sent this report. You know, all just all kinds of stuff like that. So I can skim this thing in one email, you know, and speaking as like a person like in senior management or something, they don't necessarily want to go log into service now and look at the dashboard. They just want to know what they need to know. So they're up to date in case they get a phone call. Right. Like this is all about phone call mitigation. Right. And if you've been ever been in senior management, you know all about phone call mitigation and you all you know all about not wanting to get that phone call because you're going to get a phone call from somebody, probably somebody, that, you know, in the business who who ha has the ability to have your direct line and say, hey, this thing happened and it's been going on for X amount of days. Can you give me a status? And you got to say, yeah, let me call somebody and I'll get right back to you instead of saying, yeah, actually, I see that it's been uh, it hasn't been updated in seven days, but that's because the parts on back order. I My apologies. One, one for Sorry about that, folks. We had a technical difficulty, but we are back. And the next thing, hidden gem, well, it's not really hidden because it's been there for a few versions already, but it's called Process Automation Designer. And it looks like a, like a meta workflow, right? Uh, it's got all these processes, triggers, lanes, and activities is the language of the thing. But it's pretty amazing. And to me, it looks like possibly what order guide should have been. Uh, Ooh, okay. Or at least something that exists over top of order guide. Like if you imagine, like, it, I mean, onboarding to some extent is even too difficult to squeeze into just order guide, right? There needs to be something bigger than the order guide itself. Yeah. And then whole decisions within the process, like different ways to branch it or whatever. But take a look at process automation designer. I've taken a look at it. I've wanted to dig deep. For some reason, it's not working well on my PDI, but it seems to me like it's a whole different way at a much higher level to look at the concept of workflow and bundle them together into a giant, bigger meta flow. 
make work flow make it flow <laughs> <laughs> yeah man i mean i don't like those order guys i'll just be honest there like <laughs> i get why they exist and they do work pretty well for that intention i don't feel like they're powerful enough i don't feel like they're streamlined enough they're a little bit too confusing i've, I've done some some pretty cool things with them and you know you you got to be really intentional about how you make them work and if you are if you stay limited stay in a box right then you can actually do something pretty well but they've always left me feeling lacking in terms of the tool set that I've needed in order to pull off these kind of large sweeping processes like onboarding or offboarding. To me, employee lifecycle is one process, right? Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that, right, it's not an onboarding and offboarding process. It's an onboarding process, you uh, a get up to speed process, a pause for when the employee is active, and then a pickup when the employee decides to offboard. Right. It's not two processes. Ultimately, what I want is a process that is life cycle driven, that knows that this person started and knows that this person will eventually leave. And that takes all that in, into account without me having to build out seven, eight, 15 different pieces in the middle. I hear you. And to be, to be truthful, I don't know if the process automation designer is that solution. I think it might be, or at least part of it. And ah. It bothers me that this seems so fundamental and powerful, but it doesn't get much play. Like you don't hear about it a lot. I think this would, yeah. would have been something where it would be like, if it was like knowledge 14 or something, they'd roll this out and everybody would be like, <gasps> holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> it would be like that Fred moment, right? Right. Um, and everybody would just be like minions about it. <laughs> Dude, I like, I, I think it goes back to one of our earlier episodes, right? Like it's like, how do you keep up with all of this stuff? I think mm -hmm. there's so much cool stuff happening on the platform now that there's cool stuff that's falling between the cracks, right? For because sure. you For just sure. can't keep up with all of it. Can ServiceNow even keep up with it? Like, I don't even know if there's, well, let's see. Let's go to Now Learning and see if there's anything on this thing. <laughs> we'll do it live. <laughs> that's, actually, no, that might be, like, you don't want to throw anybody at Now Learning under a bus, but it speaks to the pace and with the breadth of processes that they have and the deeper that they're going on all these processes and it's at the volume where everything sounds of equal size do you know what i mean yeah like yeah and you can't hear about the massive big game-changing things sometimes because it's drowned out in the hundred teeny tiny things yeah no i mean it's like if you got kids you understand this right like, you know, something bad happened in school today and oh my God, my life is over, right? And it turns out that, you know, somebody just walked past them and maybe nudged them a little bit and they just took that and spun it out of control. They treat that with the same level of urgency and passion as if, you know, they actually broke a limb. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, actually kudos to Now Learning because I just searched and introduction to playbooks and process automation is in there and uh, just added that to my, <laughs> added that to my lesson plan. <laughs> I take matters into my own hand and learn that thing. And on a future episode, CJ and the Duke will come back and talk about process automation designer and what we learned from now learning. We will. I mean, remember, we, we always say people like be careful about how wide you go, right? Like you can only go so wide. But I think this is one of those things that's worth investing in because it's it applies to any process area. Or, exactly. Or it can encompass any process area within it. So, yeah, this like, base level, right? This yeah, is base level stuff here. Sure, like when you start sure. talking about designing and automating processes, right? Like that's what the platform was intended to do. That's what pretty much what all the processes build upon. I think we got one time for one, one or two more, Corey. Yeah, no doubt. You know what I want to talk about, and it's not actually in our in our notes, but I want okay. to bring it up anyway. Is task outages 
in my opinion, task outages don't get nearly enough play. And this might just be, you know, my uh, my bias here as I come from an IT background, right? And when I say IT background, I'm talking about managing devices going up and down and how they create impact to the user community. And as I alluded to earlier, right, like I ran a, an ops desk for a bit and, you know, major incident management with the communications and all that kind of stuff, right? This to me slides right alongside that, right? Being able to track those outages per CI, because everyone has a CMDB, right? Everyone mm-hmm. loves CMDB. <laughs> But being mm-hmm. able to treat the, to track those outages per CI and being able to see the actual downtime and being able to do things in the instance based on a device being down and surface that information, maybe an incident management as well. Because when you select the CI, a service, and that service has an outage against it, you want to be able to see that. You want your guys, men in the phone to be able to, to see that information when they're putting when they're creating that incident, right? Mm-hmm. So that they can then articulate that to the end user so that they know. Hey, your your issue right now, we got an outage going on. Don't worry about it. We'll send something out when it's when it's back up. I agree. I think it is almost a hidden gem. Like I think at some depth of ITSM, the systems split a bit. And it is the people that do the event management systems, which I think would traditionally hold this info, right? Yep. And then there's ServiceNow. And it's like it's always trying to convince them the benefit of integrating the two because Without the event management automation, it's true. Like managing the outages manually is difficult. Absolutely. Like it's super difficult. But if the robots can just tell you this thing went up and is down and up and down, like, because IT is always looking like a damn fool not knowing this shit. Yes. (laughs) You know what I mean? It's just like, well, how long was it down? Like, oh, we weren't processing invoices for procurement this morning. What do you mean this morning? How long was it down? Like, what... The customers want to know what they need to go after, what they got to reconcile for. And IT's always left saying, oh, I don't know, like yeah, we're between like four and 12 hours. Yeah. I mean, we, <laughs> we created the incident an hour after we knew what was going on. Right. And then we closed the incident a day after we knew it was done. Right. And so, so we don't know how long this thing was open for. I don't know. <laughs> it just sounds stupid. And it's like somebody knows, but that somebody's not, what's the word you always use? Surfaced. It's not surfaced. So event management team has that information somewhere, but they're not at the front of the house serving the customers who are like, what do you mean this went down? I need this. Yes, absolutely. And it's IT's job to know. I mean, Mm -hmm. let's be real on this too, right? Like IT is supposed to know when the system went down, when the system came back up. And precisely and be able to communicate that to the business stakeholders so that they can then take whatever mitigations they need to with their own internal business processes. Right. Mm-hmm. Like that's the way this stuff is supposed to run. So when you reach out to the folks who are in charge of this and they tell you, yeah, I mean, what do you how does that look? And then at the end of the year, you're like, hey, my bonus was short. Well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's kind of what happens. We know you did something wrong, but we don't really know when you did it. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Like that would be a great review. Like, yeah, you know, I mean, we, we, we feel like you did something wrong, you know, and then you got it under control. We don't know how long you did it wrong, though. And mm-hmm. so, you know, your bonus is kind of is, is a little bit lower because we're just quite uncertain. Now it's starting <laughs> to make sense. <laughs> like, yeah. All right. Now, now, it all, now it all comes together. Right. Yeah. I mean, seriously, like we got to do better and we have the tools. I think so that's like the whole like ITOM is a big thing now. I see like ITOM demand everywhere. And I, I'm hoping it's because people are tired of this separation. 
no. where we have the where we have the tools that do the analysis of the infrastructure and the detection and the automated mitigation. We have those tools sitting there and it's just not woven into the ServiceNow fabric. I hope that's the reason I told Man, you I hope it is too, Duke. But yeah. you know, I feel in my heart that whenever I'm doing an ITEM engagement, I feel like I'm always having to pull teeth to get folks to see the automation aspect. Mm. Yeah. It's just, man, it is. Like I, robots, man, we, we built them. They, they're great. Let's use them. I don't know. That's what I think. Isn't it shocking? Like how many, how many millions, tens of millions of like hundreds of millions, billions of dollars have, as, as everybody spent on the systems that can automatically trace what's going on in our ecosystem. And it's so common to not be interwoven with the service management tool. Yes. Yes. Like anyway. it, Dude, we got to get somebody on and we got to talk about that on the next episode uh, or, yeah, or we, another episode for sure. We totally do, man. And we got to talk about the fact of how ITSM and IT, IT um, SM platforms still don't have that primacy of focus at mm. the, in these places and these enterprises as they should. I agree. Well, that's all we have time for today. Corey, how would people reach out to you if they want to talk to you? Yeah, I'm on LinkedIn. Just search Corey Wesley. I'll, like I say, every episode, I accept pretty much every um, LinkedIn uh, connection that comes my way. You can also find me at TechVoyant, where we do everything ServiceNow related. You can reach me at www.theduke.digital. There you can access to all of my YouTube content, every episode of CJ and the Duke, as well as membership to my mailing list. You will also find there my course, Hired, the definitive guide to profiles that win ServiceNow jobs. There's a separate mailing list for that so you can track when the course is going to be released and also get inside information on open jobs. So yeah. hope to see you there. And I'm, I'm just going to throw in here at the end, the Duke's website is awesome. So go check it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, <right>. like, <laughs> like mine is in, his, his is amazing. Like you really should check it out. I, I paid for it. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Thanks a lot, everybody. We'll see you soon. Thanks, folks. Bye-bye.